welcome to CommanderCast episode 499. We are your weekly source for community strategy and technology. Hosts on our home site, CommanderCast.com. My name is Mark. And I'm Adam. Adam, you can get the show this week for the low price of $499. Uh, I was like, what? Why do they have to pay? <laughs> huh? Why? Yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. Yeah, it's, you know, sometimes Sunday mornings don't agree with me, as in, like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> It's all right. I mean, listen, man, you showed up. You're okay. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. You know, yeah. when, the, when the cast is done, I'll text your wife. Tell them, like, put them back to bed now. It's right. Okay. She's going to work. Oh, well, okay. Well, then you're screwed, man. I don't know. Just, yeah. uh, is there a home care worker I can phone? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is the that is the age that I'm feeling <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. Remember when it was when it was funny to make fun of old people, and then, then we turned 40, and we're like, that, hey. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Moving on this week, ladies and gents. Um, Adam, this week, uh, there was a very special product that came out just for you and every other Magic player um, that we get to talk about in community. Yeah. For yeah, for the low, low price super of... Super expensive toilet paper. Yeah. I'm for the really l- excited. For, for the low, low price of $999. So, yeah, I mean, really, when you think about the price of Commander Cast, I mean, it's it's a bargain all around. And then, in, in addition to more Universe Beyond stuff, community, uh, we'll complain about that like old men. In strategy technology this week, ladies and gents, we had to talk about what we want to talk about. All right? Grandpa's got the wheel. We're going to just talk about shit we want to talk about. I yeah. know new cards came out, but you know what? I think we're kind of officially done talking about new cards because that's pretty much all we've been talking about lately anyway. And I'm sure new things will come out, but guess what? Grandpa doesn't care. So Yeah. Uh, I'm taking the wheel. And then we're just going to talk about some trends in EDH, some bugbears of commanders past and strategy, and then in technology, our favorite commanders by category. Because I can't remember the last time we actually did that. I'm sure we we have talked about these in other particular places, but you oh, know yeah. what? I just want to talk about some some old faves. So yeah, absolutely. So that's what we're going to do, ladies and gents. You stick with us on uh, this this here Commander Cast. Keep up with the conversation on that Facebook and that Twitter. You can use the Google to find us. And then come back with us through a dumb interstitial and we'll come into community. Interstitial numero uno this week. All Adam, right. uh, which one would you like to speak on first, sir? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, I am particularly interested in the first one because it looks like just a whole bunch of words. <laughs> would you like to? Would you like to talk about possibly the dumbest name for a fun video game in recent memory? Yeah. Um, Potato flowers in full bloom is is really just like Legends of Grimrock, like Chibi Legends of Grimrock. Like, is it a first person mostly uh, dungeon crawler? So think like Eye okay. of the Beholder stuff. Um, but it's it's really chill because it has like the the Dragon Quest thing of like you die but you don't really lose much. You don't even lose like half your money. You don't really lose anything. You just go back right. to the start and have to redo it. Um, and then you you know you dive through some dungeons and the the title which I I guess again it's a bad fucking title. Potato flowers in full bloom. But the yeah. idea is this is like post apocalyptic world where people are looking for like seeds because seeds are that valuable. They want to oh, like, restart okay, the world. Okay. Hence why they're like diving into dungeons to try and find some seeds that will now grow in the, the awful sure. contaminated world, whatever. Still, I mean good good game has really dumb name. So Right. There there's there's that. Um but it is fun and it's out on Steam. I've been playing on Switch on uh, Steam Deck. It's also on Switch. 
I can't imagine that this thing is like I don't know, gonna gonna chug on the switch. Like when I say low poly, it's it's pretty it's pretty low poly. Um, right. But it's it's also like in a I don't know, a neat little Unity shell. It, it runs very well and it's cute. So and it's fun too. So I, you know, it, it's got some turn-based battles, but it's got a smidgen of strategy. You know, the thing I like about it is like take your Final Fantasies for instance, of of which we will speak on later. You never really know who they're gonna attack, right? But you always get the heads up in this game, so you can guard appropriately if you need to, which is nice. Yeah. Now, I mean, like, it's not crazy tactical strategy beyond that but you know it's fun you got some skill trees you got weapons you're you're crawling in them dungeons i mean people what else do you want you know so yeah i would recommend it not even on a sale i think it's probably cheap enough go go pick you up some potato flowers in full bloom all right uh community In community this week, ladies and gents. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh yeah. boy. There's a lot of. There's some stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the fun stuff first, Adam, because I feel like Watsi has vindicated all of our dumb Final Fantasy discussions for years on this cast. Yeah. And we have finally come full circle, ladies and gentlemen, because Final Fantasy is coming to Magic in universes beyond, quote, from 2024 whatever the hell that means. Um, yeah. So the thing that came out was Wizards of the Coast president, Cynthia Williams, m- made these comments during Hasbro's Investor Day 2022, oh. which just sounds like uh, the party you want to be at. So. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's it's no. fine. Um, also, sorry, I didn't mean to bury the lead. Assassin's Creed is also coming to Magic. So I mean, is that the lead? Well, I mean, it's in part of the lead, I guess. Uh, so. Anyway, um, due diligence. Uh, it, the actual announcement you, is hard to find online. Like, even in the article that I linked to, you don't get Cynthia Williams' words. But, you know, to dust off my old journalism skills here, you know, I, I dug up uh, CFO, a uh, wizard CFO, Deb Thomas's remarks, where she says, uh, as Cynthia mentioned, because, you know, her remarks followed the president's, uh, we're expanding this co-brand arrangement, which is like the most marketing term I can ever think of for universes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, aggressively for magic with new partnerships playing with Final Fantasy and Assassin's Creed, along with our just released Warhammer 40,000 theme set. Uh, you guys can find links to all that stuff in the show notes. Um, Adam, how feel you about mixing that Final Fantasy peanut butter in with our magic jelly? Um, I mean, in in an anticlimactic way, it's kind of who cares at this point. Like, they're if they, you know, it's just like what I said with everything else. Like, if they do this, and these are the only versions of these cards, like we get and they're like super limited or something, then I hate it. If it's like an actual, like, just like 40K, sure, sounds great. Um, You know, I would like to have a Magisite card and, you know, all kinds of weird (laughs) stuff, but, you know. Yeah. You want to get some some Phoenix Down potions in there? Right, exactly. Elixir or something? uh, Yeah, Uh. there's going to be a lot of artifacts, which is kind of cool, you know. Um. 
there's going to be a lot of legendary creatures and probably like uh well maybe some spells it'd be interesting to have like a like a curaga spell and stuff like that <laughs> you went with curaga right you, well, yeah, you know what i mean yeah <laughs> okay i don't know i mean i i hope we get some summons i don't know are summons going to be spells or creatures you know what would actually be kind of cool is if they if they did like um I guess you could do it with kicker. I mean, everything's kicker anyway, yeah, right? Yeah. But like, like some kind of tiered spell, Ooh. like where it's either either fire or fira or firaga, depending on how much you pay for it, kind of thing. That is cute. Look at you doing Watsi's job for him. I mean, look, I I do what I can. You know, that's impressive, sir. I like that a lot. Um, I mean, if we don't get an equipment named Buster Sword, I think we're doing it wrong. So right, just saying. I I assume this is going to be themed around Final Fantasy VII in some way, shape, or form. Because maybe by 2024, the next Final Fantasy VII game will come out? I don't know. Oh, God. That, now that I care about even less than what we're talking about now. I Hey, man. I don't know. I mean, Final Fantasy 16 is on the horizon. Final Fantasy 16 is on the horizon. but uh, Which means another five years from now, we might get some. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Far on the horizon. Glacial yeah. scale horizon. Um, do you care at all, sir, that Assassin's Creed is coming to our Magic the Gathering? Uh, no. No, I, I played, I think I only played the first Assassin's Creed game. And while it wasn't bad, it wasn't good either, so. I played several of the the early Assassin's Creed games. I fell off after Black Flag. Um, and, and my understanding is the early ones are worse because they're, they're more repetitive. Like, the overall story was fine, but, like, yeah, the assassinations were kind of all exactly the same. Oh, I, I mean, I actually like the... I prefer the early ones, but that's just... Oh, me. really? The, the very first one is a little dull, because it is kind right. of what you said, but, like, the Ezio trilogy, like, doing all that stuff, that stuff is actually pretty fun. Right. You, know, you get to pal around with Da Vinci. It's, you know, it's neat. Oh, that's kind of cool. They're yeah. all around Italy. I think I thought you would like those the best, because, like, I heard, actually, the uh, the Italian voiceover for that is actually really good. Ah. Huh. I know I've never played any of the other like like I said I I played the first one and it was interesting but it wasn't like interesting enough that I cared about the gameplay mm-hmm. and so like I just you know I th- I don't even think I beat it I think I got like to the second to last mission and I was like yeah I just don't care anymore yeah whatever I don't know the, the most exciting thing that ever happened in the Assassin's Creed series to me were the sea shanties that you could collect in Black Flag as a pirate I still right. think that's like the most fun pirate simulator video game, but that's just me. Sure. I don't think that's really worth talking about in terms of magic. Cause unless we're getting sea shanties in our magic, which we, we should have for a deck. Like how awesome would it be if we had like sea shanties as an, like an equipable thing for a pirate right. deck, but now we're not talking about Assassin's Creed anymore. So it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. And that's, that's where I'm going to leave it for that. So ladies and gents, if you guys care about this, uh, let me know. I assume most of our listeners at this point, since we, you have had to sit through multiple Final Fantasy discussions over the years, um, probably have some more attachment to Final Fantasy than Assassin's Creed. But what do I know? So right. Uh, moving on. Speaking of not yeah. bearing the lead, sir, and and actually, you know, I guess whales and and a nautical segue. Um, Adam, how would you like to to celebrate thirty years of magic? by paying $999 US money uh, for some proxies. So uh, I'll I'll start out by saying this. I 
originally went into this before before we even like made the show notes or anything i was like i kind of almost don't even want to talk about this because this is to me the 100 percent equivalent to like just straight up jumping the shark like this this is Good job. Like, this is a great time for us to be going out. I'm so <laughs> overwatchy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, this is stupid. Like, either, either deal with getting rid of the reserve list or don't. But printing $1,000 packs that are basically alpha. Uh, excuse me, sir. It technically limited edition beta whatever this is so it's basically beta even though it's not because you changed like the types on like wall of bones and stuff like that so like it's it's changing errata it's putting the exact same cards into people's hands for the exact same purposes that they want to play with them and it's just a cash grab just get rid of the reserve list Mm -hmm. put regular backs on these things Charge people a thousand dollars a pack, just like you're doing now. This is stupid. Wizards, to me, this is a misstep. I am probably taking a very long hiatus from playing Magic. Like I, I'm, I'm over these guys. It is hard. Like when the company becomes like the uber parody of itself. I yeah, I don't even know what to say anymore. Well, right. I mean, like this this is like so I was torn between talking about it and not talking about it because like we kind of need to talk about it because like this just makes our point. Like we've been complaining about the reserve list for Here you go. There you go, guys. We win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we broke down the reserve list. They can print whatever they want. They're just going to put new backs on them. Direct from Watsi, nonetheless. Yeah. 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 That's, that's it. There you go. The reserve yeah. list is gone. Um, guess what? It won't affect anything, meaning it won't affect the prices of the original ones because a 9.8 Black Lotus from Alpha is still going to cost the same amount that a 9.8 Black Lotus from Alpha is because it's graded and it's in a case and this won't do anything. And if you put a different back on it, it would do the exact same amount. Literally, like I'm tired of people's arguments. Like they're wrong. That's not how like... This isn't splitting a stock or anything like that. That's not how this works. It's a collectible thing. It's it works completely differently than those things. Uh, this is a controlled market. As a matter of fact, it's a manipulated controlled market because there are card companies like Cool Stuff and things like that that literally sit on stock of things so that when something spikes, they can add them back into the into the pool. Sure, right? I mean, this is kind of like the, I don't know, not to not to use a, a real-world example, but like how OPEC this week said, like, oh, gas prices oh, are getting yeah, too exactly. low. Oh, we're God. just going to stop <laughs> pumping gas. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to that, bring that, too much real-world like shit in. Yes, but. that actually pissed me off more, surprisingly. <laughs> yes, and that should, right? Because that is relevant, and this is stupid. Um, this is just, like, uber stupid. And, like, I, I don't know, my first reaction to it was, oh, someone clearly misplaced a decimal in there. Like they're yeah. like ninety nine dollars. Like wow, that's a lot. Nine ninety nine would seem kind of cheap, but fair for proxies. And then it, then I saw what it really was. Um, yeah, I also was debating whether or not to talk about it, but at the same time, like how can you not? Like this is just so stupid. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I guess if you want to, um, folks, you know, as I looked up for the cast, you can get a, you can get a, a good proxy, even a foil proxy black Lotus for like five bucks. Yep. Straight up. Get the whole power uh, nine for like 30. That's, yeah. That's fine. You print them yourself. Just print them on a piece of paper. Who cares? Write it on a, a Sharpie on a land, you know, that's, gives you know shit. what? And, and that is what I, I am not going to tell anybody that they should do something illegal. However, when you're playing a kitchen table game, uh, I highly recommend any power cards that you want to play, write it on a Sharpie on a swamp and call it a day because that is not illegal. You're playing a casual game at your own house. You're absolutely fine. Please go do that and do not give Watsi any more money over this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't like. Know. I actively don't want people to buy this. People will, and it's stupid. Some people will. Um, yep. Yeah. The the um, fact that it's four packs for a thousand dollars just it drives me up a wall. There's, well, that's a, yeah, like uh, that's. But it shouldn't, right? No I, I should. There is no excuse. Of course not, and it shouldn't. I shouldn't care about this at all. Like I, sh- I have the feeling I'm like I look at this, it makes me angry, and I think like I shouldn't be angry at this because this is just ridiculous. This is. Th- I don't know the worst kind of of excess. Like even when we complained about Watsi in our wildest dreams, I did not think I literally did not think they would print a thousand dollar product like this. I I think aside from us old men yelling at the sky and shaking our fist at people on our lawns, I think we're probably done talking about this. Kind of yeah, done talking about wizards. To me, like I'm never I'm never going to complain about the reserve list again, and I'm never going to complain about like the ban list again because. I think that rule one just needs to apply to everything or rule zero. And just like, you know what, everybody it's kitchen table game play. However the hell you want and actually forget the company that's behind it. Like, yeah, try, try to tank their profits for all I care. Like this is horrible. Well, ladies and gents, if there's one thing you can take away from commander cast. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's a nice, like, yeah, fuck you. Watsy for doing this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and with that, uh, let us mosey on through Delmer Station and talk about fun things uh, that we want to talk about, like goofy old cards that used to piss us off in Commander's Past. It's uh, in strategy. Stick with us. Sir, interstitial numero duo. The rare time when the interstitial is actually related to the segment we just did. Adam, tell me yep. about your your trials and travails with Final Fantasy Four. Yeah, so so I beat Final Fantasy Three, which which by the way was like anticlimactic. Like I remember it being very hard. And I don't know if the pixel remaster is not or something, but like I was only like level fifty one and like. It was it was not hard. It was very very easy to get mm-hmm. all the final weapons and every like I like the end boss. Yeah, okay, I could probably level up a little bit, but it was, wasn't that bad. Um, so I went on to Final Fantasy four and also did the pixel remaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, uh, I would say that it's no better than any emulated version that you would play of it. Like the graphics. The graphics for the Nintendo ones were bumped to like Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. This is already a Super Nintendo game, so it's really not that much better. Yeah. Like, did you ever? Few... Did you ever play the DS version or see the the 3D DS version? 
So I played the DS version of some of the games. I don't recall whether or not I played it for Final Fantasy Four. Final Fantasy Four, I think, might take the cake for like most uh, remade game in the Final Fantasy ethos. I know that's like a high bar, but yeah, like, yeah. I mean, at the same time, they had the the 3D DS remakes. They had the like whatever super edition on PSP back in the day where they also had the after years, which were like right. Coda's stories to all the characters, which I heard were terrible. Uh, I never played right. those. I think I probably own three different copies of it because it's fun. Of course, final fantasy. Um, but yeah, I always want, I think I, I do own the, the DS version. I never actually got around to playing it because I'm not a huge final fantasy four guy. Right. Yeah. Four is so I'm in, I don't know how to how to deal with it because I've played it a good amount. And so like the one thing that was nice about two and three was that I didn't really know exactly what the next piece in the story was. Like mm-hmm. and this one I know a little too well. Um and the the relocalization isn't that much better and it, you know, there's not that much changed. So I'm kind of just going through the motions for the most part. Um it's got weird difficulty spikes in different places than I thought. Um, it does. Yep. You know, and stuff like that. But otherwise, like, eh, it's it's fine. I wouldn't say that four pixel remaster is worth it if you have a different way to play it already. Mm-hmm. Um, the 3DS version, you know, like, I know that the voice acting and graphics and things like like, it plays a little bit differently. So that, that could be entertaining. But yeah, not super in love with it i mean overall the game is cool and if you've never played it before it's going to be even more cool because then like the story is good and mechanically it's a solid game right um you know you get five characters in your party instead and that and you have forced alternating rows so you can either have three front two back or the opposite um so that makes for some interesting strategy choices and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's fine. I'll play it and then I'll probably go to final fantasy one and then I'll do five and six. Ooh, how come the backtrack? Uh, because I've played five in the past year. So I don't okay. like, I'm not in a big hurry to like hit that one back up. Cause you know, it, it's fine, but like it's a job one or I'll do one. And then like, maybe I'll just try to, cause friend of mine on his steam deck he put an emulator and he uh has final fantasy tactics on there yeah and so i Mm. may because that's another like so i finished two and three which were the mainline ones i haven't finished so i'm done with those now but i have never finished tactics i think it's a matter of fact when i was talking to him i think i've never finished the first battle Ooh. Okay, Final Fantasy Tactics does not put its best foot forward. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll just say that. Like, yeah, yeah. But, but man, I mean, I don't know. Any of the Matsuno games, I'm a, I'm a super sucker for. Like, I know I already own it in two different versions, but I can't wait for Tactics Ogre Reborn next month. That's sure. that's stupid. I shouldn't. I should just I should just play the one I have. I'm looking at the copy I have right now. I'm still going to buy it again. There you um, go. I, I don't know what, what sickness I have fallen prey to. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no, of course not from Square Enix's point of view. So, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. From Square Enix's point of view, it's just like, just fucking hook it, whale. Just keep on going. 
you know, so whatever. In the same breath that I was complaining about another company doing whale tactics, but at least this one's only forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, with with Square, like the whale tactics are more like what they're doing with Final Fantasy VII, like just re releasing another version of a thing. Like, eh, okay, whatever, who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm the only one who. Well, I'm not the only one, but like you know, people who are into those games really like it. I like it when they ate they they upscaled a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I got really excited because I realized that, like, Persona 4 Golden was on Steam, so now I can play the same game I love for 100 hours for 15 bucks again with, like, slightly crisper graphics. Right. I don't... Whatever. And still, still with all that dumb money thrown thrown after these remakes, it's still cheaper than, I don't know, playing Magic. So, right. That, <laughs> like, we joke, but also there's a, a strong grain of truth in there somewhere. So. Yeah. Uh, strategy. In strategy this week, ladies and gents. Hey, Adam. Yo. Hey, remember when people used to really bitch and complain about, like, I don't know, Blightsteel Colossus, Hermit Druid. I do. Druid, I do. And uh, all, these, all these old cards we we're about to talk about when they were yeah. really annoying. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know this, but we are old, and we like talking about old things. Um, and we thought it would be neat to kind of revisit some of, the, some of the topics that were thorny back in the day, specifically about these cards that are still legal now, but see, like, almost no play. Like, they used to be such a thing back in the day, right? Uh, if you right. drop an Arkham Daxon on the table, for instance. And nowadays, you would just have to read it, and people would just call you Boomer. So, um, yeah. we're going to talk about those a little bit. Um, why I think some of them are still just as powerful. Like, I don't think Arkham Daxon is less powerful now. Um, I think just for no. whatever reason, he just doesn't get played. And who knows? Call it, you know, call it old man bias, whatever. Like, I think there's still a place for him. But for some reason... It doesn't happen as much anymore for him. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about this week. We got a, a whole big list here. It doubtless we will probably miss a few. So if you remember, I don't know, back in 2012, really complaining about a thing that we didn't mention on the list, I would love to hear about it. Because Lord yeah. knows, if there's one thing I like in my old age, is definitely nostalgia. So. <laughs> yes. All righty. Adam, let us, uh, let us hit up this list here with, uh, just like I said at the top, good old, good old Arkham. So. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, do you want to read them? I can. Arkham Dagson is three and a blue for a legendary creature, human artificer. He's a two-two, and he says tap target artifacts creature. Or, I'm sorry, target target artifact creatures controller sacrifices it. That player may search their library for a non-creature artifact card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. Mm. Uh, so this is like a weird. Oh, what is it? Like Tinker, right? Yeah, it's it's Tinker, but kind of specific because you have to sack a, a creature and you get a non-creature. Right, it's tinker, not a sorcery. Think, just as, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yes, and you can do this as instant speed. Um. Whenever I have played Arkham, uh, and I'll get into this more in the next segment too. But whenever I played Arkham, uh and 
it has had even like one or two activations that it's been allowed to get off. Like, yeah, it's very strong. Yeah. And I mean, cause I still play Arkham in one deck. I play him in a Sahili deck, which makes tokens. Cause this is, this is right. the move, right? You sack the, the artifact token, you sack like a mirror token or some stupid shit. Yeah. And then you just get your combo piece. Like that's, yeah. that's what Arkham is for. That is the reason why you play Arkham. And yeah, like you should not let him live. Like this is a kill on sight card for me still. Maybe it's just yeah. because I have like lingering associations, but I still think this dude is plenty powerful. Yeah, I think it's it's plenty powerful as well. I think it's one of those you don't see it that much because it gets so much hate, and and rightfully so. Like it's kind of this this like cycle, right? Like he's too strong to leave on the board. So like once you kill it, which is usually somebody's commander, once you kill it like twice, like they're not playing it anymore. They get the idea. Yeah, I mean, they always have to find... And Lord knows there are other ways to search up crap in blue. So Right. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, playing as a, as your commander, I feel like, that's like a ballsy move in 2022. Like, you're just kind of like announcing your whole game plan. So Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's the same as playing um, Urza, right? I think Urza's <laughs> kind of taken over that role. That, that is a good point. Yeah, Urza really kind of has eaten Arkham's lunch on that one. Although I yeah. still love Arkham for what he is. Like I don't. I think mean, I think you still play Arkham and Muzio and things like that in that deck, but mm-hmm. like Urza is the strongest of them. I think. Sure. Yeah. All right. Um. Next one. All right. <laughs> so we just, I just lumped these together as a bunch, right? Because we talk about the bugbear that is mass land destruction, right? Yeah. And it just comes in different flavors depending on what color you're in. So Armageddon is the classic. I would say Ruination is is probably just as bad. It's sometimes even worse in Commander because if you're just playing monocolored deck, which I am half of the time, uh, Ruination's fine by me. Uh, and then right. Sunder is just you're just mean in blue. Like you just want to ruin someone's day in but in blue. So um, right. All these cards I don't think see an awful lot of play nowadays, but that's mostly, like, it's not the Urza thing, right? It's just the social contract, like, people don't like the feel-bads. I really think that that is what it is. Like, I think there was something probably, you know, five to seven years ago where people started really kind of cracking down and, and criticizing, like, land destruction in general, which I'm not going to feel bad about. Like I'm, no. I'm going to play strip mines and wastelands because it just makes sense to have something to remove a cradle, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, something that really cracked down about mass land destruction. Um, and people just really hate, uh, that feeling or giving people that feeling, whatever it is. And so, yeah, I think that, uh i haven't really seen much of this at all i mean like i said i played i played a game not that long ago and i stole people's lands and destroyed people's lands and trust me they were not happy about it (laughs) i can imagine i'm not really sure what their problem was like it just it seemed fine it seemed yeah maybe they're just having a bad day yeah i mean it it could have been that i caused the bad day i'm not entirely sure (laughs) which it might have been they came to play a game and watched you play instead it might have been one of those things um yeah i i mean how i don't know how many times we have to say that we like uh, some mass land destruction right i was thinking about this recently and i had a buddy of mine rob who used to try and pull off the fedora look uh yes in like the early 2010s and I mean, we always told him multiple times that, like, it's not looking, you know, it's not, that ain't working. Um, 
And I think eventually he just got the idea. It was that like social shaming in the same way yes. that like the Armageddon, the ruination, you can play them and maybe people won't hate you off the table for them or maybe people, whatever, maybe people will just stop playing with you or, or better yet, like I think most magic players are just attuned to the fact that like people just don't want that and they will let you know. So, yeah. Speaking of don't want that and let you know, uh, Blightsteel Colossus. But Adam, would you like to take a guess at how many decks in EDH rec Blightsteel Colossus is in right now? This is actually surprisingly high for me. Uh, oh, God. It's a big number. It's a big number? It's a I big mean, it's number. It's got to be over 1,000. It's 28,987. Wow. That is surprising because Blightsteel is still expensive, yeah? Uh, Blightsteel is currently going for $65. Right. So this is, uh, and that's the che- that's the mirrored and besieged version. Double masters is even a little pricier than that. Huh. Um, yeah, that's a that's a pricey card in a lot of decks, and it's super super powerful. Right. Yeah. Um, in case you don't know, I don't. I'm not gonna read the whole card, but well, it's the eleven eleven trample infect infect indestructible eye wing card. Um, way back in yeah. the day in mirrored and besieged, like this was this was fun to play if you were playing it. And it was the target of of many uh, card that we're going to talk about next uh, to yank out of your deck. Um, right. I mean, like, look this this is a a strong glass cannon strategy, right? Like, I mean, you're you're like kind of all in on like this is how I'm killing people, you know. But it's I think I think the reason why this fell out of favor is just it's fairly boring. Oh really? I my, my counter theory is that people just learn to play removal. Right. <laughs> like they were they they learned that uh <laughs> losing the game was not a good trade for the 11 life to swords this <laughs> thing. Yeah. It's it's like, oh yeah, swords of plasher exists and now there's like right. exile in every single um in every single color pretty much. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. Yeah, man. I mean I don't know. Blightseal, I think, used to be a big bag bugaboo, and now it is not. So Right. Uh, no longer the big bad, Mr. Blightseal. Take a back seat. So. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, the thing that was often used to get the Blightseal. Yeah. Adam, I, I have not seen bribery in five years, six years, something. I don't even know. Maybe since I we agree. started the cast. Like, I mean, it's still expensive. It's still 30 bucks, but like, I don't see people playing this that often. And I think that this is partially because people are playing different EDH than what we were playing. Like when, when we both started playing EDH, it was unequivocally the Timmy format, right? Oh yeah. It was battle cruiser magic all day long. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like it was just big stuff. So like, I think bribery is cost prohibitive it's potentially useless. You know, it can absolutely sit in your hand. Um, and it's just kind of tone deaf to what the, what the format has become. Like, it's just not where everything is like, yeah, I get to steal something from your, but like I can, I can steal things with like, with Gonti and with, you know, Atali and, and things like that. Um, kind of more efficiently and more often well i think that's kind of it i don't know to me to me it is not battlecruiser magic anymore like unequivocally right no no but also people aren't necessarily winning with the blight steals in the same way they used to right so like 
you might bribery my Blightseal out of my deck, but I probably have two or three other, like, just creatures that aren't maybe power and toughness scary, but their abilities are scary. Right. And that's what I'm probably using to win, you know? Um, so that's why I think bribery fell out of favor, because, I mean, anyone who's building a deck nowadays probably has, like, multiple, hopefully multiple win conditions, right, that don't revolve around combat damage. So, yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, you can bribery away someone's lab man, I guess, but now there's even like four different versions of lab man. Well, exactly. I mean, like, yeah. So like, are you taking their thoughts as Oracle, which really isn't worth the, the five mana? I mean, like there's other ways to take care of things that are, that are problems. Right. Like a counter spell just works better in a lot of cases, right? You could take right. their blood artist, but there's replacements for that. You know, like, yeah. And, and it's creature specific. So like. If they have an enchantment, is their win con? Like, you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think win cons just got varied to the point, and, and there are multiple backups for all these things now, so that a briber just really isn't nearly as useful, especially for five, right? Right. Yeah. I, do you think this is a version of, like, expropriate, which is even more expensive but kind of ate its lunch? Yeah, but I, and I don't even see expropriate all that often. Like no, no, I, I think I people got that. over that real quick. Where they're like, "Oh, this is a feel bad card." Got it. All right. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, there's some social stigma on that one too. Whereas I don't think bribery was a feel bad card. I think it just got outclassed by yes. by the game. I think the game passed yeah, it by. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of the game passing it by, man, I love me a hermit druid. Yeah. Even, even though like five color hermit druid was broken to shit back in the day, and it was complicated too. Um, yeah. And now I just use Hermit Druid in like a self-milled deck to get me basic lands. I know I'm playing it wrong, but like it still just kind of works real well for that. Um, if you don't know, Hermit Druid is just a green tap it, reveal cards on the top of your library until you reveal basic land card. Put that card into your hand, all the lands revealed this way into your graveyard. You can mill a good chunk of cards like that. So, and, I mean, I still run Hermit Druid in self-milled decks. Like I, It's just it's, really good. It is. Um, I think that just self mill decks, especially self mill decks, like shooting specifically for the hermit druid, like combo kind of thing, uh, don't really exist much anymore. Yeah. Like that's not a, I mean, there are self mill decks, but a, I don't think they're nearly as strong as they used to be. And well, they're definitely not as common as they used to be. So right, and there's not many things that that combo with it. Like there, are, there are other cards just got better because there are, there are more combos. Like again, we talked about Labman, right? Like Labman's effect has been replicated across a couple of different cards now, and so you see that strategy still. Whereas like Hermit Druid, uh, Hermit Druid was always kind of weird and niche in corner case anyway. So, right, and I don't know. For me, you could always tell who was running a Hermit Druid deck because they had some weird five color crap commander they're never gonna play. You know, um, like Progenitus or something that never left the command zone. They were just playing it for the colors. Right. So, I don't think that really, playing something for the colors never happens anymore. So, yeah, there's so many options that why, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that, that's a good one yeah, to just, just leave it there. But why? Yeah. Um, like, why, why play something for the colors when you could probably find something that, is specifically for your strategy and in those colors. Right, yeah, something that's just better. Yeah. Right. Um, speaking, I guess, of, of things that 
that are just better than than this card. Um, Adam, conservatively, when was the last time you saw someone play Insurrection as a win con? Like Insurrection, the card has been quite some time, which you know, it doesn't necessarily make sense because like I, I think that the last time I saw it, it very much did exactly what you expected to do. Like it nearly won or did win the game kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know. Um, but I think that there's just been some things that have outclassed it. You know, there are other things that allow you to do insurrection type things. Um, like gain control of people's creatures and attack with them. Like there's other things that are that are doing that. So um yeah. I'm not it I think it's just become cost prohibitive. Like it's so expensive now that people are like, nah, not gonna not gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think it might have been 2013 last some last time I saw someone run a. I think I've seen it more recent than that, but not like. Yeah, I mean, like I've seen people run like captivating crew and getting all of the creatures from that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's just, you know, based off of an infinite mana combo, and you know. That that works just fine. Isn't there a walker that basically does it as its ultimate too? Ooh, I think so. Don't ask me which walker though. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I, and I think that that's part of it as well. Like, oh no no no, <laughs> wasn't the walker Tibble? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> now we got to go look up Tibble. So one of the. OG Tibble or one of the uh I think OG Tibble, which yeah, is the only good thing about it. Yeah. It, OG Tibble is gain control of all creatures until end of turn. Untap them, they gain haste until end of turn. Oh my god, I'm such a fucking English teacher. I did the Shakespeare's Tibble with a Y, and I'm like, why wasn't it coming Wow, up? wow. Sorry, that's no. what I think of. I've been teaching ninth grade too long. So um yeah. But yeah, like I, I think that was a nail in its coffin too. Like when, when the alt is on what is arguably the worst planeswalker of all time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, maybe insurrection is not good. Ooh, yeah, maybe it got painted by association, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh next one, I still I will still stand for Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker. You know You I, don't see it that often anymore though. Like you don't, and I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, I mean, I think similar to Arkham Dagson, like when you start to see things go that direction, mm-hmm. uh, I think everybody's like, yeah, okay, yeah. So it, yeah. take take a hot guess. How many decks Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker is in on EDA track? All right, so if Blightsteel was 28,000. Right. I'm going to go... I'm going to go maybe more than that, like 35? Dude. Four hundred and ninety-one thousand. No, four nine one. Whoa! And end of digits. Whoa! <laughs> of course, this is as a commander. As a card, it's in thirty-nine thousand. Uh, oh, okay. So, so that, yeah, that's what I was down. talking about. Yeah. Not as a commander. Yeah, thirty-nine. <laughs> so I think yeah. thirty-five thousand. Okay, so I'm not too far off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is still played, right? Clearly, yeah. 
Right, but it's not. I. It's funny to me that like even with a reprint pretty recently in a master set, uh, with some bad art, but still, um, we didn't get. I don't know. Like people use it as a goblin commander apparently the most, and I think that's just. I mean, a, I think that's just wrong. Like to me, it goes best in like a Felden the Third Path or like a Perforos deck, something something like that. Something where well, yeah, absolutely, you want to like, pop yeah. dudes out left, right, and center. Um, I don't know, man. It's still super it, powerful. Yeah, it is super powerful. I mean, I think the reason why it, I think the reason why it's seen a decline is because even like the like the combo, the Johnny people, like they're just looking for a combo that's a little more unique they're, they're just looking for something that people haven't seen time and time and time and time again and kiki jiki is just too easy of a standby like <laughs> oh how do i go infinite uh kiki jiki and eight billion other things <laughs> the, uh, on uh commander spellbook there are 294 infinite combos right that's with kiki I mean. jiki yeah. yeah he's just so <sighs> i don't know he's kind of so busted that it's like it, it's <laughs> It's not a challenge. It's not interesting to do something with Kiki Jiki, you know? Yeah. You have seen, I, I think this one, it, I think that we probably just answered the question, right? Like it has become so commonplace and so easy that people are just like wanting to challenge themselves more, which is hilarious state of the game for, for me. Yes. You know, can you imagine like 10 years ago, people were like, we have so many things that combo with Kiki Jiki. It's kind of played out. I'm like, right. Okay. All right. But the, you know, that's where we're at. Uh, yep. next one. God, I, this card really does hold a, a a really big place in my heart. I love me a Kakusho. <laughs> Mostly because when I started playing, Kakusho was banned. Or actually, I should yes, say, had, had was banned. Got got unbanned very quickly after I had started playing, and I started listening to Commander Cast way back in the day. Um, and it's funny to me that it was banned now, right? Like you look at Kusho now, and you're like, wait a minute, this was too powerful to be in the command zone, like. Right. Have you seen any of the cards printed in the last five, 10 years? Um, right. But I think that's pretty much it, right? It, it's still pretty expensive. I mean, it's still around 20 bucks uh, for right. the cheapest version. And uh, yeah, just the idea that you would see a Kakusho deck now is kind of hilarious to me. Like, I can't imagine someone playing Kakusho at the top of their deck. I mean, I would high five them across the table if I saw that, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Kakusho to me fits so much better in the 99. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, there's a lot of ways to get your mana back from sacking a creature or something along those lines. But, um, yeah, I think it's also just like one of those uh, boring things. Like, I still, uh, I'll still play a Kakusho in the 99, but mm -hmm. I don't put it anywhere else like I, i'm not i'm never gonna build a kakusho deck well i mean he's six to start right and you yeah. you think about the, what you're getting in the command zone for six mana nowadays for right up to six mana i mean it's crazy it's way more powerful than kakusho um and kakusho is still played quite a bit i mean he's in like twenty three thousand something decks um right but only 316 as a commander so which seems which seems right to me like if you're playing kakusho it's almost like as a throwback now right um, speaking of throwback, never going to be in the command zone for obvious reasons, but, um, metal worker is still broken as shit after all. I was going to say, I think metal worker's problem is just, it's, it's too expensive. Yeah. Metal worker is crazy. Right. I mean, even though I guess $139, which is what it's currently going for is technically cheaper than it has been in the last couple years. 
Who I cares? Say, like, yeah, I thought stupid. it. I thought it was more than that, but like, it's still stupid. I think when it went above sixty, and I didn't have one, I was like, nah, I'm just, like, I'm not getting that. Like, it is amazing. Like, you get that early game, and nobody deals with it. It is thoroughly busted. Oh yeah, yeah. As someone who loves him, uh, a metal worker. I mean, we'll talk about it in dumb decks. I mean, he's in my current deck. He also gets searched up. I can't remember the name of the card, but there's a, there's a another there's another artifact card that like searches up constructs. And I remember the day when I I figured out that metal worker was a construct. <laughs> yeah. I was like so fun. I was so fucking happy. Um, <laughs> but it's stupid. It doesn't really matter. You could search it up in a thousand different ways. Like I didn't need to search it up with that one particular card, right? Right. But yeah, metal worker is one of those cards that like you need to combo off that turn, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just, I mean, anyone with a lick of sense of the table better kill that thing on site because you're just getting all the mana. So, right. Uh, Metalworker, great Arkham Dags and Target. Or, sorry, should say, can't can't Target with Arkham no, Dags. You gotta, you gotta exactly, the yeah. combo pieces with Metalworker are great Arkham yes, Dags and Target. Yes. So, but definitely goes in that deck. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, next one, sir. Uh, yeah, next one is. Oh, God. Next. Next one is I I think that this is literally because it got overplayed, but Palancron. Um <laughs> and I think we we need to throw other things in there. Like we're talking about like Palancron, the what is the the five mana one, the the Drake uh and the Great Whale. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like all of those together are like kind of the the combo pieces for basically high tide. Um, yeah, or just but, Jedi Navigator, right? The, the difference well, yeah, being, Jedi too. Yeah, that's yeah. right. The difference is you can't bounce those other ones back to your hand like you can Palancron. Right, so, right. You know, but Palancron still. I mean, Palancron High Cut, High Tide, Jedi Navigator, all that kind of stuff. I, you know, speaking of which, I don't even really see Jedi Navigator all that often. No, no, I, I think that it got too tired, and there's also, I mean, the nice thing is that. I guess the setups ha- have become super diverse, but the punchlines haven't. Like mm. the the punchline is you get infinite mana, but there's a million ways to do that now. So who cares to do it this way? Yeah, you know, like yeah, you know, you know what's funny? I, I thought when uh, you remember Nyx Bloom Ancient, that that dumb elemental that when you tap a permanent for mana produces three times as much of that mana. Um, yes. Yes. You, you remember what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Giant, giant yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Giant dude does stuff. He's in green. Um, I thought that I'm like, oh man, Palancron's coming back because that thing is like busted as shit. But it turns out there's like a thousand different things that are busted as shit with that card, and you right. don't even see that card out that often anymore. So no, no. Like, what does it matter? And that's so. That is definitely a a different thing now, right? We're just like, as you said, there's so many options for busted ass infinite mana combos that like, why do you need to go with the seven mana creature? Yeah. Yeah. So weird. No, I know. And and I think, I mean, Palancron's probably expensive these days too. So that probably helps with it. Like I said, I mean, if you, if you have the same punchline of infinite mana and there's cheaper ways to do it, I think that people are leaning toward that because wizards hasn't got it through their heads that people sometimes don't want to pay eight billion dollars to play their game listen uh, just, just so like i said just write write stuff on uh on swamps sounds great 
Adam, just wait for Magic's 35th anniversary. Oh, yeah. Uh, next one. Okay, this one does see... This one actually, like, was stupid cheap back in the day, like a $2 card that most people played anyway. And then it became crazy expensive. And you know who I... I, I actually blame content creators for this. So Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, Rustic Study is still a great card, right? still an amazing card but i swear to god it is just content creators which got this thing shifted from common to rare in jumpstart and was it common or uncommon it was common i think it was common dude like it's a it's a prophecy common yeah it's a common huh yeah can you imagine that i can't imagine anything else that got shifted up to rare from common strictly by like I, I'm gonna say like word of mouth and deck like hype. Yeah. yeah, this thing has just been hype. I mean, you do draw a ridiculous amount of cards. It is super annoying. The did you pay one for that was just a meme. Oh, back in the every day. facet of what we talk about with this card is true. Like yeah. it is that powerful. It is that annoying. It it like I mean everything about it. like mm-hmm. you know it should see as much play as it does, but. I think that people have gone away from it a decent amount just because it is immensely annoying and people just don't want to be that. Yeah. It's... You know, which I, I don't, I don't think is, I, I don't agree with that logic. Like I'm going to play cards that are good to make my deck work. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're printed, you know, like then that's that's what it is. There's plenty of ways to deal with them, you know. Yeah, but we uh, didn't we just say that the social opprobrium around cards like Ruination and Armageddon is the thing that that kept it off the table. Yeah, it did keep it off the table. It didn't keep it out of my decks. Well, you know, <laughs> it kept it out of other people's. So. Yeah. Adam, we we understand. Perhaps we were talking about a small subset, right? Mm-hmm of commander i think honestly the thing that keeps this off of um any any decks i've seen it recently is just the price i mean this is freaking 50 dollar card man this is more expensive than palancron for christ's sakes it's 50 dollars yeah pretty close so oh my god yeah it's stupid expensive world coming to um yeah what's the world coming to when 50 dollar cards with the cheapest thing we were talking about on this cast yeah uh next one not fifty dollars half of that adam half you could you could get two sarah ascendants for the cost of a rustic study yeah Yeah. um it it is uh, used to be crazy expensive or it used to be crazy good i think now it's funny right it's a one drop essentially six six flyer with lifelink yeah and i don't know if that's that's it yeah that's all it was, and it was super powerful back in the day, and I think it just got over... If it was possible to overpower Sarah Ascendant, I think it got overpowered. I think it got overpowered, but I think people also just kind of got over that too, especially as Watsy started to... I think the biggest impact of Sarah Ascendant long-term was that Watsy was like, oh, so we just need to rephrase all the cards. So like everything you know, after that became kind of ubiquitous in white decks was, you know, life over your starting life total instead of just above 30 yes. or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you started to see a lot of that change. And then because there was no additional support for this, it's like, it's one card that's good in your opening hand. 
and right. then nobody cares. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you get it in your opening hand, I mean, it's just like Soul Ring. Like, you, you get it in your opening hand, and like your chances to win go up quite a bit. Right. Otherwise, it's kind of a do nothing. Unlike Soul Ring, which is still good late game. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's a do nothing, but it's also I think it just becomes niche in that sense, right? Like I play in a, a Karlov or the Ghost Council deck where like I don't know, three mana is the most expensive card I have in that deck. Like it's super low to the ground, right? Right, right. And it's good in that deck, but I wouldn't think to play it in anything else, even in another life gain deck, because I don't I think it's outclassed. Um, right. And uh yeah, you're right. I I do think it changed how design worded cards. Right, clearly the life total thing is different, but also I just don't think outside of like niche life gain strategies, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's good enough to play anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. No, I agree. Yeah. I, like I, it's it's nothing that I have looked for to add to any of my decks, especially not in recent times. Yeah. Um. Speaking of in recent times, not having added to a deck, Adam. Despite the fact this just came out again in, in Double Masters and is possibly the cheapest card on this list at 40 cents. <laughs> like, oh, wow, that's funny. I think you could trip over copies of Shroom the Hedgemon now. Um, yeah. Yeah, Shroom, man. God, this was so annoying back in the day. Like, everyone knew the guy with the Shroom deck, right? Yeah. Like, you don't want to be the guy with the Shroom deck, but you knew the guy with the Shroom deck. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, now I think it's hilariously overpriced and not. I don't think it could it hold its weight at the table anymore. Wait, did you say overpriced? Oh, oh for the, for, the yeah, mana wise, it's overpriced. Like, yeah, I was 40, like, you did just say it's forty cents, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, mana. It is it is overcosted. It, How about it's this? Mana intensive, absolutely. I mean, yes. I have. What did I see? I see. I saw a Shroom deck, probably like three years ago. Like just before COVID, like the last time I was at a shop, wow! Somebody somebody wanted to show me their their deck, and it was, yeah. I mean, it was like eggs. Yeah, that's like exciting. Yeah, Shroom eggs, bird. and I was like, I was like, did you want to show me this because you felt it was created? Like I I wasn't sure why somebody wanted like. <laughs> you didn't say like, that to the poor guy, did you? I did not. But <laughs> you're like, what is wrong with you? Why did you want to show this to me? Well, no, because he was like, he was very like happy with, like proud of it, and I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, the guy who came up with this probably was really proud of it too. Like, what? Why? Like, what am I looking at here? Like, this is this is not a new thing. Well, um, yeah, you know, maybe it was just new to him. How about how about that? Um, I guess, but yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's kind of what Sharoom do, and. I have I have never seen a unique take on Shroom. I think is is what it comes down to. No, I mean they're all kind of variations of the same thing, right? Right. Which is fine and very powerful, but nowadays I think like you said before, I think you can get this powerful ability in these colors cheaper. I mean, it's yeah. not going to do exactly the same thing Shroom does, but you can get the effect. Like you said the punchline is going to be the same. Uh, right. And you don't have to pay 6 for it in a color intensive strategy. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, next one. This one I actually did see in the wild recently. I really? Say, I want to say this one's been one of the longest for me. Oh God! I I think there might have been like l literally within the last year or two. I think I saw someone run a Skithrix deck, mm. which was oh, Skithrix deck, not just Skithrix. No, not deck. just in a deck, like a Skithrix deck, man. Wow! I, and That's, I have uh... seen Skithrix in a deck 
in, within that time as well. Although I think that is super rare because I think I literally high five the person when I saw it, especially the head of the deck. I'm like, oh my god, this is. No, I mean, I don't want to play against you, but oh my god, good good job. Um, well, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Skithrix the Black Dragon, right? Th- this was the the big scary. I've got Infect Commander. Um, right back in the day and it's still i mean it's a flying four four with infect so like yeah that was that was a thing but even now i think there's just better easier ways of killing people with infect like why would you but at this point it would be it's quaint because like why would you bother yeah i mean it is still look if if somebody plays the skithrix i'm not going to be upset about it because at the very least it's just a super efficient creature it is, yeah, hundred percent. Like, cost protects itself. Uh, like, you know, kills people. It is just very efficient. Hmm. Um. So I'm not. I mean, I'm assuming the cost is the only thing that really keeps people away from this. Uh, and I mean, monetary, like five mana for a four four with all that is still just fine right yeah yeah the card as printed is still a good card um i think that the scars version is going for like 16 and double masters like 18 weirdly the list version is 20 something that's probably just scarcity so it's not like it's crazy expensive but i don't know man of, of all the the dumb powerful dragons that have been printed in the last just year right like yeah i don't yeah, I mean i don't even know i don't even know if skitherix makes the the cut in like five color dragons anymore even like Jun Dragons, you know? No, because I don't think it's it's aiming for the same win, right? Like yeah. you you really have to play it in something that you're going to utilize that. It is it is quaint. I'll put it that way. Ooh. You know, like you you see a Skitherx and you're like, ooh, wow, okay, that's like somebody had I don't know, like a I don't know, like an old cut of uh, like a Neil Diamond tune. I think of Skitherix in the same vein I think of as like Cherry Cherry. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Look at that. You listened to the whole album. Nice. Um, anyway, moving on to... God, this this used to be especially annoying way back in the day. Tooth and Nail. Yeah. Used to be used to be like number one least favorite of Mark's sorceries. Um, Tooth and Nail is still expensive because it got reprinted in the first Modern Masters, but has not been reprinted yet. Uh, yet again. So Tooth and Nail, if you don't remember, because it, again, hasn't been reprinted in nearly a decade, search the library for up to two creature cards, reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle, or put two creature cards from your hand onto the battlefield. You can entwine it, which means you can do both for two. So you would just make the, the big manas, pay the nine for this ability, get your combo, win. Yeah. Call it a day. I, which, which, I mean, honestly, like, Tooth and Nail is still a very good card. And nine mana to win the game or, or, you know, get something that powerful seems appropriate. Uh, I got over Tooth and Nail because of very specific players. Like, there were, mm. there were people that I played against that it was always in their deck. And they always got the same stuff. Yeah. I, I always thought it was boring more than anything right, else. Right, exactly. Like, it's still a good card. It still should be played, in my opinion. Um... Because it's, you know, I mean, it's it's like saying that Demonic Tutor is, you know, shouldn't be played. Like, of course it should be played, but not if you're getting the same thing every single time. Yeah. And I, same I, thing with Tooth and Nail. Mm-hmm. Demonic Tutor, it, 
Demonic Tutor, I think, is just like situational, right? You need that card that, that you need now. Whereas Tooth and Nail, it's like, yep, I got my two two card combo. Here you go. Right, right, exactly. Here's my combo. It's the same combo I play every turn and or you know, yeah. or every game. Yeah. It's super boring. Yeah, I, I think that's probably what did this in, right? People were just tired of it. I think either the people who were playing it, because everybody knew the tooth and nail guy, right? And it was, right. it was the same thing. In every play group, I swear to God, in every shop in this country, there was the yep. tooth and nail guy who thought it was the greatest thing ever and won plenty of games with it. But, like, who cares after a while if you're just doing the exact same thing? It's the exact same line of play. Well, that's the thing. Like, I definitely, like, had things like that where I'm like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. And, like, but I did it once or twice, and then I was like, eh, but that's not, like, creative or fun for everybody else. And mm-hmm. then I stopped doing it. It's the people who, like, were completely tone deaf to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's the, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know, right. line of thought, yeah. which I think works well in everything except for entertainment. Yeah. So, um, now, speaking of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Oh, my goodness. Adam, I don't care how overplayed this card was back in the day. I think this is still the most power, one of the most powerful cards on this list, and I will still love it. I will still, I still play it. I, I, of course I do. I mean, I, it's not like I'm going to ever go out and buy another copy of it because it's stupid fucking expensive. No, I don't even know how much it costs. I bought it at like 20 Yeah, I think I bought mine at like 30 way back in the day, and now yeah. it's, oh, it's over 200 so Ooh. yeah just you, you just you just proxy it people this is what you do you just proxy this motherfucker yeah. and you go to yeah, town 100 percent proxy and it. you yeah. have a good time with yogmoth's will because then your graveyard is your hand and it's stupid expensive i mean stupid powerful just crazy oh, yeah. powerful i think it was funny because i was playing with phil and a couple of his buddies um a couple of months ago and we were just kind of shooting the breeze about Yawgmoth's Will. And I think we all had the same reaction, which is like when we first started playing, we didn't realize the power of Yawgmoth's Will. You know, like the first time you see this card and you're a new player, you're like, oh, okay, that doesn't seem, that seems okay. You get some cards back. Um, right. And then you see someone who knows how to play Yawgmoth's Will and you're like, oh, oh, okay. I got, I, I just got my face smushed in. And yeah. now I see why it is banned in Legacy and Restricted Vintage, and it's only legal in Commander. Now I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stupid good card is stupid good. Yeah. Uh, and the last one on this list, which is kind of funny because he just got, I don't know, he just got re- revisited. Zur the Enchanter. Yeah. Yeah. This is... <laughs> uh. I haven't played against a lot of these. And I think it's because by the time that I was playing a lot of EDH, Zur was already a little bit played out. Yep. Um, like, think about it. But by the time that I had joined Commander Cast, like, Zur was already a known quantity. Oh, yeah. Uh, and because there were fewer cards back then, it was a really annoying one because it's... <laughs> They would always get the exact same things because mm-hmm. there, there wasn't the diversity of cards. You know, it's a little bit more diverse now, but it's still, you know, it's still kind of the same. Yeah, I mean, it's still the same busted line of play, right? Um, yeah. If anything, now there's probably more targets for Zur, and like I do play Zur in, I play Zur in one deck. It's in an, a, is it Elena Alesha? What's the fairy that that uh? plays with artifacts oh alela alela sorry i was getting 
I was getting my A's confused. Yeah, you were getting consonants confused of random things. Vowels. Yeah. It's fine. Consonants, vowels, words mean nothing. Um, yeah, so I play him in that deck because that, that deck is all about dumb bribery effects, and that's usually what I'm searching up with Xur. Uh, right. But the, and I know I've said this before too. Way back in the cast, way back in the Andy days, he told this story about a guy he knew who played a Zerd deck and literally just had like a bucket of like all the enchantments in those colors of three mana and less, and he would just like right. shuffle them in. He had like twenty slots in his deck just for enchantments, and he would shuffle in randomly. That's the coolest thing I've ever. That heard is done actually with, with Zer. Cool, yeah. And that's the only really cool thing I've ever heard done with Zer, though. Um, that's fair. Because yeah, he's just kind of boring. I think that's what killed Zur. I think he's just boring. Yeah, you know? I would agree with that. Still super expensive. It, uh, not expensive. Still uh, super powerful. He's definitely the opposite of expensive. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it, it, he. I mean, I'm assuming with the reprint that he costs like nearly nothing, right? Oh my god, the double masters is like a buck fifty. And even if you wanted, right. the, even if you wanted the judge promo. Uh, that is $30, and the Double Masters art is the exact same as the Judge pr- promo. So, I guess, what are you paying right. for? I don't know. The foiling? I don't know. And he got printed in, in Commander Legends. Like, if anything, this dude's got a lot of love over the last couple of years. Right. Um, and he's just he's just fine. Right? And I think there's just easier ways to, to win nowadays, especially in these colors, and he's just not as good. So, yeah. Ladies and gents, if you have some old bugbears of Commander's Past that you want to tell us about that maybe we missed in here, clearly, I'm sure we missed a few. I thought of a few as we were going through this list, but, you know, the list is already long enough. Uh, Let us know in the comments. So, if there's anything that that used to really, I don't know, tweak your gears back in the day and now is just quaint, let us know. With that, let's go through a dumb interstitial. We'll come back in technology with our favorite Commanders by category. Sir, uh, interstitial numero three, Adam. Yo, I don't know if you're gonna like this. I don't know if you're gonna like this one, man. Okay, uh, all right. Not because of the topic, but because this one was was literally kind of painful to read, and I think it's it's in it's intentionally painful to read. So the article's new one that came out just uh, this past week in Esquire called Mike Connor versus the Pain. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read you th- the tagline. I'm not going to read you anything more. Okay. In 2013, a fire sprinkler engineer fell five stories from the rafters of a church, shattered 108 bones, and almost died. Then began his battle to walk and live again. And the article goes into excruciating detail about exactly what he broke, how he broke it. how. Okay. But he learned to walk again. Sure. After crushing most of the bones in his lower leg, twisting, like, spines, I mean, just, like, the the most horrific things I could even imagine. And then, on top of all that, having to go through the the horrible pain of, like, you know, opioid addiction for the pain, and then getting himself off of it, and now, you know, coming back to life. God, man, just, like, I could not stop reading this article. Interesting. Interesting. It is fascinating. 
This dude's life story is amazing. Like it's this triumph and it's, it's super inspiring. Cause like, I could not go through half of the shit this guy went through. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he talks about how, um, the minute he wakes up in the surgery and he sees his wife, he's like, I know my wife's going to leave me. He's like, I know it's just a matter of time. Wow. And yeah, she does after, after a while. Right. Sure. Um, and he's like, you know, just go, go do your own thing, you know, cause you know, it's, I don't want you to be stuck with me. And he finds somebody else by the end of the article and he ends up in a pretty good place. You know, he owns like a, a cannabis farm, uh, up in Oregon now, because he said, that's the only thing that really helped. It helped me get off the, you know, the hard drugs that were messing my head up. And it helped me learn to, to deal with the pain. And like every day he deals with this crazy amount of pain. That I could not even imagine in my wildest dreams, right? Oh, my wildest yeah. nightmares. And like this dude gets up every day and like gets it done. And I'm like, holy crap. This is super inspiring, incredible story. It's Mike Connor versus the pain. It's not an easy read, people, but like you should read this article. It's definitely one of the best I've read in a long time. Hmm. Uh, let's talk about going from a, a very inspiring story to just stupid shit. Yay, technology. In technology this week, ladies and gents, Adam, I would like to stop talking about new cards that came out um, because I like those cards less than old cards. Mm. I think that's, uh, I mean, I think you're just right. I think like, I think I that's where I'm at. Uh, you like it's just it's, you're just correct. They're just better. I think I just like old dumb cards. I like talking about old dumb cards. We've only got this and one more episode to go. Not to bum people out or anything, but like, right. hey man, we're we're coming to the end. I want to wrap it up by talking about shit we want to talk about. That's right. You know, that's right. Screw you, new Urza. Yeah. I like old Urza when you were the blind seer better. How about that? Huh. But I'm not really going to talk about that card because that card's no, bad. But anyway, we're going to talk about our favorite commanders by category in this segment. Uh, so I broke them down to five dumb categories, and we're yep. going to talk about them a little bit and just you know pour a little sugar on some stuff at the end here. So uh, I broke it down to favorite glass cannon commander, favorite casual commander, favorite pub stomp commander, favorite derby commander, and then favorite tribal commander. Clearly, there are more categories than this, ladies and gents. But I mean, these are the ones that I think are near and dear to our hearts here. So. Yeah. Without further ado, Adam, favorite glass cannon commander right here at the top. I think this is the this is literally the creature I think of when I think of you. So Yeah. <laughs> so uh Seton Crosum Protector is my choice there. Um kind of my spirit animal. Yeah. You know. If, listen, yeah. if you're gonna have a spirit animal, a centaur would be a bad one. That's right? pretty good. You know? Yeah. Um yeah. He's just like <laughs> to me it's it's my favorite glass cannon commander because very specifically what I do with it. I'm sure you can do better things with it, but um my two primary win cons in that deck are um Helix Pinnacle mm-hmm. and um Rocket Launcher. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> And I make infinite mana in a couple different ways. Sometimes it's in the middle of like literally the combat step. So mm-hmm. I needed stuff that you could activate whenever. Um, yeah. Uh, other ways that I that I win are you know like stealing everybody's lands and stuff like that. That's kind of like a backup plan. But honestly, like it's a glass cannon because if 
if somebody wipes the board a couple times on me, like I'm, I'm pretty good. Like I'm, I'm done. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can stand up to a stiff breeze and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it dies uh, pretty shortly after that. Mark, mm-hmm. what do you have? Because the one you have down there is potentially very broken. He is uh, not the way I play him though. Yeah, that's uh, fair. <laughs> so, and and oddly, I didn't think we were going to have this in common between our two decks. But I actually had to take Rocket Launcher out of my Karn mm. Silver Golem deck, mm-hmm. which is my favorite Glass Cannon deck because I n- almost never win. Like if I win right. with this deck, I think it's because you fell asleep in the middle of the game. Like yeah. what are you doing? It's a mono brown deck. Like come on, people. You know, like I feel I, like they need to make a functional reprint of Rocket Launcher, but call it Glass Cannon. Well, oddly enough, I had to switch it out for Goblin Cannon. Oh, there you go. Be- because, I mean, and the funny part is, like, I thought I was being cool and awesome by playing Rocket Launcher. And I, and let's be honest, I was, because it's, it's, yeah. it's a cool card. Yeah. Um, however, when I, when I went to combo off once with this, and I forgot that Rocket Launcher has, like, pseudo summoning sickness, like... <sighs> You can only activate it if you've controlled it since the beginning of your most recent turn. Sure. And I'm like, oh, 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 I'm going to die. I'm really going to die now. Mm. So that's why I had to switch out for Goblin Cannon because Goblin Cannon is the same fucking thing, but just doesn't have that clause. Um, but I love me a Karn Silver Golem. And this is where I put, like, I have the whole station combo in here. Right. Because I think I think I'm... I think I have to assemble station combo as part of this. Like, this is just, mm, it, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's good people. I'm just saying like it, it is part of what m- makes it fun for me. Like, I know I might be sitting down at a table with you guys and you're also playing, but like, really, I'm just sitting here trying to assemble station combo. Oh yeah. 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 And if I can do that, then I'm happy. So, you know, and I get to pick like dumb cards that are also kind of broken in there like that's where my su chi lives so i have an excuse right. to play su chi so i can i can do dumb crap with that and like nim death mantle or something stupid yeah you know um like i was super excited when eye of vecna came out in the forgotten realms version because i'm like oh mm-hmm. it's a cheap artifact that also says draw a card immediately <laughs> goes in karn <laughs> so, yeah it's it's a dumb this is a dumb deck but i love this deck i feel like like maybe you touched on a topic that might be good for uh for episode 500 mm. which is uh like what are the like silver gold platinum achievements of magic uh, of edh <laughs> and which ones have we met and which ones haven't oh that is really good yeah, yeah. i have assembled cauldra i did that so i crossed That's that pretty off the good. List. That's pretty good um i've only done station combo like theory crafting i've never actually so no one's ever actually allowed me to pull the station combo off i've so. never done cauldra i have done station once that's impressive yeah. yeah i bet if we just kind of like mix and match our list and then we could die happy right right exactly you know? yeah i, I think sta- assembling station combo and like actually like actually doing it not like all right more go ahead do your thing you know what i mean right like, right actually- no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah not like playing t-ball while everyone else is playing baseball like right i I would like to do that just for me. I don't know if it's ever really going to happen, though. So, yeah. uh, Karn Silver Golem, God, I love you. All right. Next category, folks. Uh, favorite casual commander. And my favorite part about this category is Adam's pick for favorite casual commander. Okay. I mean, in all fairness, like, the card is not that good. It happens to be ridiculously expensive. Yes. Uh, 
So Zazan Tamar is my casual one. Uh, I love it. Which which is not the most expensive card that I have on on these lists, but um, when I got it, it was like fifty bucks or something like that. It's like three hundred now. But sure, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, Zazan Tamar is also the way we met. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did the the like. You, I forget what it was called, but you were like interviewing people on like their their like deck techs, basically. Yeah, I, I did a little like deck builder spotlight way back in the day. That's what it was, yeah. And because uh, I just like talking to people about decks, like this is what I enjoy doing. So I did a little, yeah, you absolutely. know, working my little journalism degree and doing a little interview show about right, that. Right. And uh, yeah, man, you were one of the first. And that's how, yeah, that's that's how this whole thing started way back. In the yeah, day. yeah. So I mean, so yeah, you guys could all go back and listen to that. That's basically what it is. No. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean to me like i i call it a casual deck because like i use a lot of really like funky card i mean first of all it's a seven mana commander um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i do cast it usually several times sure yeah um because it's kind of like a like a hyper ramp deck and then like the punchline is usually like a perforos or something like you know like things that you would expect but doing it in unique ways like i i use townos's coffin as kind of like a key piece here like i i use the delayed trigger on this to impact exactly what what i want it to and um you know there's not a lot of power in the rest of the deck i mean there's a lot of like ramp cards and a couple of like you know um a couple of key pieces but like 20 to 30 percent of the deck is whatever i feel like you know i i had combo pieces in there i had the lieges in there i've taken both of those out and putting other put other things in there like it's a pretty flexible deck other than the core of like ramping a lot so you can a cast this guy and b get lots of sand tokens on it Mm -hmm. um i printed sand tokens before they made them like that were that, that was that my works. next question. Are you all happy now you have official from Watsy Sand Warrior creature tokens? Yes, I will actually make sure that I pick those up. I don't care about the other <laughs> Hazazan, you know, but no. like I will definitely pick up Sand Warrior tokens. Please, for the love of God, let that be the only card you buy from that set. I would oh, love probably. it. Oh, probably. Dominar United, I would love it if the only thing you picked up were Sand Warrior tokens. <laughs> I would almost guarantee that that's, that that's accurate. Actually, I don't even like them. I mean, yeah, they're fine, right? They're just kind of dusty warriors. So yeah, they don't like have anything that indicates the colors on them. Like they should have the little color indicator circle somewhere. Oh, they, they're just I guess. gold. Like well, you know, yeah, Zazen's gold. I don't like them. All right, I guess. Um, still a very cool deck. Very cool general. Um, yeah. Again, like proxy people. Proxy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If you want to, if you want to play a Hazazan deck, play a Hazazan deck. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is what? Are, what are your uh, casuals? All right. So I I used to have, and I think I probably still have the skeleton of it somewhere, like an old Merfolk deck, like a blue white Merfolk deck, like a Sig River Guide deck that I used to like to play. I used to call it like the the go to a new shop deck, you know, right. because it, it was um it was inoffensive and it was still fun and that got really replaced with elegeth and siani so mm. i'm cheating a little bit by doing partners here but elegeth and siani that is just the it might draw a lot of fucking cards deck like elegeth if you don't remember is that stupid sphinx who if you would scry a number of cards you draw that many cards instead 
Right. And that's literally what the, the whole deck is built around. Like, how many cards right. can I draw? Um, you know, sure. do that and slap Imperial Plate on things and, you know, go to town. I mean, and you better have the Blue Morrows on there. I do. I actually do not have the Blue Morrows on there. Wow. Um, because, wow. let's face it, the Blue Morrows are not good. Um, no. But I do have pretty much all the other dumb, like, hey, how many how many stupid ways can you win a game? I have legit. I guess this falls under the the magic achievements. Um, like I have done the attempts all seeing win a number of times in this deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done uh Triskaidekaphile. I have done that win. Oh, um, I mean, not with those two as your commander. What's that? Oh, Triskaidekaphile is the blue one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. thinking Triskaidekaphobia. Got right. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this one is just if you have exactly thirteen hands and cards in your hand, you win. Forgive so. me for the Tristadeca. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> Faux pas. <laughs> How dare you? Um, yeah, like it's like dumb and fun, and like that's what I like about it. And like most of the yeah. time, the thing I'm doing doesn't look like no one get gets pissed off because you draw a lot of cards in a game. Right, like that's not the the thing that usually people people might like give you a weird eye, like oh Jesus, that dude's got like twenty fucking cards in his hand. Right. Um, but like no one's gonna get pissed off by it. It doesn't generate the feel bads. And right. like I can get away with playing dumb cards. Like I kind of do like Alruned, God of the Cosmos, in this deck. I was like, that's a, right. That's a right. dumb card. Like I like Mordekainen in this deck because I get to create a stupid big dog. Um, like these are good cards, people. You know, but it, it's just fun. So. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I I have always liked Elegeth because it it does uh, it turns a lot of like mediocre cards into pretty good cards, right? Uh, yeah, while being both mediocre and pretty good at the same time itself. And I think that is the the key to casual, right? Like, right, both exactly. mediocre and kind of fun. So right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Siani, like I I absolutely see why you why you went with Siani as the as the backup i mean I, I literally just needed something else so well i mean and it says scry on it and it also has fly great yeah yeah it's fine yeah. i don't know i don't care what siani eats half the time it's just a thing that like might occasionally trigger a scry so yes exactly yeah it makes no difference to me um but like you know i've won a fair few number of games with this fucking deck which surprises the yeah. shit out of me i mean so. hey you know, I, I think that this is this is perfect for a casual one. Like I, I appreciate this. Yeah. It it is dumb and fun. Yeah. Next one, uh the exact opposite of dumb and fun. Adam, when you just wanna I don't know, maybe maybe haven't won a couple on a night and you're like, you know what? I I want one in the win column for me tonight. What uh what deck are you gonna pull out? Uh so I mean there's there's a couple. And I try to not be redundant with some of the because like I can usually pull out wins with like Seton or something like that. But mm. um, I picked uh Marieki Rebarrett. <laughs> yeah. So the reason for that is because I think that a lot of people, I mean, similar to the conversation we were having in strategy, um, a lot of people are just like, Oh, that's old EDH stuff. You know, like they see the, the card and they're like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, as I usually do, like I play a lot of like other random derpy cards that synergize with it, that they're like, sure. Don't even know what that thing's about. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I kill every creature on the board in a turn, like without really trying. And then I just keep it locked down so that they can never play a creature again, basically without (laughs) a die. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and yeah so that's usually the, the strategy is do that until i get some kind of win con out uh but it's just it's just like one of the meanest control decks that i have like it's just you know it, it's either that or i almost put damia because damia mm. is my prosperous bloom deck which i almost put for glass cannon too but like damia itself isn't indicative of that it's that deck that is you know well yeah i mean it's almost those colors right i mean right my, exactly yeah my pump stomp deck is my sadisi deck you know which is also Sultan, right right, right. It, i mean those are the three objectively best colors in magic yes yeah. so... my sadisi deck is is much more derpy like i think i just i just try to to win by either lab man or uh mortal combat <laughs> like i don't i don't think i can win outside of those that's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. mine is my. It, it's like Lurgoifs, but it, like it does more than just Lurgoifs. And like, mm. I don't know, the, the, yeah, I can win with like zombie tokens that I wanted to, or like dumb amounts of, uh, you know, flyers or giant creatures that just get bigger because of stuff going in the graveyard. You know, right? Um, it's a fun deck. Like, I don't know, like that's the one I slid Gris the Hunger Tide in, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fun. And then I realize that like, you can proc Grist with, um uh was it necrotic ooze because he's right. in the graveyard i'm like yeah. oh this is just this is another dumb thing that works well with necrotic ooze right yeah so it's kind of like an ooze deck like that um i also put down like my my xiao doing the one eye deck because that's my mono black combo deck because that one i like because it just has you know i can just search up a bunch of crap uh and i have a bunch of like every dumb mono black combo that i could think of goes in that deck right and and that one's fun for me because i don't like winning like i like combo but i don't like winning the same way with combo all the time so it is powerful it can kind of hold its own i mean powerful for me is a you know i'm not playing edh or cdh ladies and gents you know like it's powerful for me so you think that might be like a six for everybody else i don't know right um but it's fun anyway and it it does have the same thing as mariki ray beret right like people look at it and they're like what the fuck huh oh okay and they have to kind of look at it and then they're like what oh you're yeah. old the card's old okay i guess it just boom right time, I guess. exactly so that, that's exactly what i get yeah which is fine right i'm i'm good with boomer time so i mean if that's where we want to that's where we want to go ladies and gents you know? right uh on the opposite end of that spectrum again wildly shifting here favorite derpy commander yeah. adam i salute you for yours because i I almost totally forgot I have this deck too, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, for, I do. I do want to mention a thing about boom. Like this is just going to be a non sequitur, which sure. is kind of what we do. The boomer thing. So I was watching. Like I don't know if you watch like these like math rock guys. Uh, like uh, no, <laughs> Politia. <laughs> nope. I have uh, I have heard of them though, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like I mean, yeah. Check out Politia. They're they're interesting. Um, but like there was an interview with this guy, Tim Henson, who's like the, the guitar player, the primary guitar player for them. Um, and like, I guess the new generation, like very much refers to a technique of all like guitarists, uh, that we're familiar with as boomer bends. Huh? Like, how you're kind of like usually bending like the fifth of a scale, like yeah. while, while you're doing like bluesy stuff, like mm-hmm. they don't do that anymore. Wow. That is a boomer bend. <laughs> that is a thing that is like, huh. they, they're like, yeah, it's just kind of overused and all that old rock stuff. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. okay. All right. And all that yeah. old rock stuff. Yeah. All right. You know what? That That is an appropriate comment 
young person. So yeah, exactly. Appropriate from, from your point of view. I also yeah. like how like I don't know. None of us are even close to boomer age. Where we get lumped into boomer. I used oh, to absolutely. We yeah, do, yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine. Like I'm. I, I don't think I was ever angered by that. I used to take some kind of weird pride and be like, actually, I'm Gen X. Um, but right. I mean, in in all fairness, like I think my kid's generation is still like lumped in with millennial, even though she's not. Millennial is this weird generation that I feel like has been going on for well over the 20 years that it's accepted to talk about a generational spread right well now that now that i have a teenager i definitely don't see it like the 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 generational divide is is large like she is not a millennial well i mean technically she's gen z or maybe well, right she, exactly that's it, what, but i mean like she doesn't have the traits of a millennial in any way shape or form i i guess or if you want to be extra disgusting you could call it iGen. Oh God, I don't even know what that stands. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> and with that, um, maybe we yeah, let's get back to Derby Commanders. Derby Commanders. So, yeah, yeah. So I, so I did put two on here. One is Masamaro first to live, and the the reason why I put it on here was because like my goal with this, and I have a red deck that was similar to this. Um, that like my entire goal was to prove that like green can draw stupid amounts of cards mm-hmm. um not just draw cards but draw like ridiculous amounts of cards and i swear i draw more cards in that deck than i do in most uh blue decks um mm. and the same in the red one that i like i, I draw so many cards it's ridiculous um and and that's really like the the only purpose of it. And then it, it gets kind of glass cannony from there where i'm like you're all berserk it but yeah yep win however you want to win um i also put angus mckenzie which that that wins for the most expensive card on on my list today (laughs) Uh uh-huh uh-huh uh at like almost 500 dollars. but jesus christ oh i know it's stupid like nobody like i i'm not joking like unless you're like doing this for like college fund or something like as an investment do not pay that much angus mckenzie is not a good card. oh i wouldn't even do it for i i i would not invest in collectibles i i would not do that um, I mean, uh, I, some collectibles, I think actually like the ROI is worth it, but yeah. I mean, I just think it's too volatile to me. I mean, it, it is, you're but not wrong. That's just me. Whatever. I mean, don't, don't take like investment risk from the lifelong government employee. So that's yeah. yeah fair enough. Same. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, Angus McKenzie is like, it's a turbo fog deck. I, do, I don't actually even know how I win in that. I don't think I've won a game <laughs> with it because I'm not sure that it has a win condition. That's awesome. Uh, but it definitely pisses everybody off. Oh, no, I had Chronotog combo in there. That's why. Oh, of course. It yeah, that'll like, definitely piss people off. Yeah, Stasis Tug, yeah, was my only win con. The rest of it is just Turbo Fox. Oh, so it's God. like, but seriously, Angus McKenzie is not a good card. Like, no. It is not. It, do not buy that card. No, it is just old. Yeah. Uh, I love your Masamaru deck. I remember I built a Masamaru deck and I shamelessly copied most of it from Ward's old uh, tapped out list, sure. which I still love. I, I, I mean, between that and uh, Aaron's, oh, Aaron had talked about it and then I saw Ward's list and I'm like, oh my God, I love this thing. Right. And I love playing it. Like, this is a fun deck to just take out and just be a big It dirt. is. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I mean, it let me find like, cool cards i wouldn't have played otherwise like monsters yeah. onslaught was one i shamelessly stole from ward and a bunch of other really fun ones like it's fun to kind of play against type 
for right. for some colors. You know what I mean? Like when I do my my big Timmy blue deck with my Lorthos guys, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I I and I don't know. Like that is just fun for me to to play. And again, like maybe you're just switching things up, or you know, maybe we're yeah. just going. I don't know we're jumping the hipster shark. I don't fucking know what the metaphor is, but uh, Mass Marvel first live is a lot of fun. Um, my personal favorite derpy <laughs> commander uh, is the derp of all derps, the the phage. Yeah, um, phage the untouchable is still one of my faves for this. I mean, this is just a stupid deck, and this is. Yeah, I think I still love this deck most because when when cards, you know, like we'll go through a set and you look at a card and you're like, ah, that might be playable, or I just might like it because I'm in the mood today, but it's probably dumb. Like that's when I put that in my phage deck. Because mm. I know my phage deck is stupid anyway, and I'm probably not going right. to win. And I don't really give a shit, but, like, it's a fun deck to play. Because, like, when else am I playing phage? You know? Like, that's the deck that is really, I don't know, like, I retooled it at one point to uh, to just be the Liliana's Contract deck. You know? Right. Um, and, you know, I try to win. I'm like, oh, do I have four legendary demons? Yay. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. It's, it's really fucking stupid. Um, and I don't know. My, my only achievement ever with Phage is I remember one time someone cast, um, it wasn't Warp World, but it was like Shared Fate or one of those other chaos, you know, Oh, right. Things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think in like response, I just cast Phage to kill myself. So that's hilarious. I'm like, now nah, I'm out. <laughs> so, right. That's, that's the most I've ever really done with Phage. I have to say like, I unintentionally, um, the hard part with Phage was not turning into like a Kyrick deck. Cause like when Kyrick was, was spoiled, I'm like, Oh, this is kind of silly. I'll just put it in Phage. And I'm like, Oh God, this is really good. Right. It's the most I'm fucking like, good. Like, oh my God, this fucking thing is so good. So I had to take, I mean, Kyrick is still in there, but I had to like double down on the, the stupid Lich effects, like Lich's mastery is that deck. Cause I'm like, no, 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 I can't make this a good deck. I can't, I can't have that happen. I need to put in like stupid cards, like endless whispers in this. That's how I need right. to win. Um, so anyway, yeah, good, dumb, dumb deck is fun. Oh yeah. And lastly, what would Commander Cast be without talking about some tribal commanders? Right, Adam, you got uh, a classic up here. I know. I was going to, you know, kind of troll the world and say Abishan, right? But <laughs> 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 my Cephala deck. <laughs> um, but I mean, honestly, like this one is is almost as trolly and lame. Um. <laughs> Maronar is is mine. I uh, I built a rat deck, and it is just the relentless rats deck, uh, which I love. Like it's so it's so fun. Like I get a null perfusion out. I start playing some rats. You know, we get some ripple going. It's it's stupid. I have a very low win rate with it because again, it's it's similar to what I said with Seton. Like it is a little glass cannon. You know, you get two, three board wipes, which is not hard to do in a game of EDH. It, like, you're pretty much done, you know? Or if somebody puts out, like, Graveyard, because I have Living Death and stuff like that in there, but... Sure. Um, yeah. You know, if they if they have Graveyard Hate, like, you're, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> and it has a pretty slow start. I mean, like, everything is three mana, so, you know, your first turn, you're like, okay, play land. <laughs> Next turn, play a land. Next turn... <laughs> rat next turn rat and they don't really get useful until you've got like four or five of them. yeah i love that that relentless rats got reprinted in uh in time spiral remastered i just thought that was hilarious yeah um because even the art on relentless rats always bugged me out i'm like what are they metal rats 
Like, what's going on with these fucking rats? Because um, I think what they came out in Fifth Dawn originally. So I think I just answered my own question. Of course, I think they are metal rats. Um, yeah. But like between that and like Rat Colony and all the other like you know your deck can have any number of of rats type effect. Right. Like I don't know, man. I just think it's cool. I mean, they're still on the expensive side. Like they're still like two bucks a piece. Yeah. Right. You're like this is just kind of mm, maybe a little bit more than anyone should ever pay for. For a, for a rat deck, yeah. yeah, especially given its um, <clears throat> questionable win rate. But uh, mm. yeah, man. I mean, hey, look, all rats have fear. So yeah, that's, that's yours. Yours is actually a fave pick of mine uh, because I like. I honestly like that color of that that color set of that tribe more than the standard. Me too. I thought maybe it was just me, but now it's so much cooler than just doing. Just yeah, like I mean, listen, man. Elf ball, traditional elf ball is just is a fun, fun way to play, right? You can and just do super monitoring. strong. Yes. Like, let's be real. Still very strong, right? Because they're never going to stop printing elves. Same reason why zombies is still good. But, right, like, exactly. I like Golgari elves better. I just think it's more varied. You can win in a lot of other different ways. So Nath of the Guilt Leaf is always going to be my favorite um, tribal commander because, like, it, I mean, he is legitimately strong. You can do powerful things with Nath. Um, you right. can control the board, you control people's hands. I'm not going to say that people like playing against my Nath deck, because people really hate discard. But you don't have to go hard on the discard here. Discard can just be incidental, right? Yeah. And you just make just make a fuck ton of elves, and you just kill a lot of goddamn people. And, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have, like, Death Cloud or some other annoying shit in there. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I mean... Nath it never Gil- hurts to play Death Cloud. <laughs> it it only hurts your esteem in other people's eyes. That's mm-hmm. all. Um, and yeah, I say Nath the Guilt Leaf is probably my favorite, but I have to at least give a shout out to Lorthos the Tidemaker. So, mm. I mean, that is that is really where my heart lies. Um, that is a that is a dumb fun deck. I can't even really call it tribal. It's really just like, does this have tentacles? Then it goes in that deck. Like, I don't know right. if that's, that's not a tribe, for instance. It is just a dumb sea creatures, you know, like, I yeah. know, I'll, I'll ride or die with giant oyster uh, on, on that deck because it just goes in there. Like, that's mm-hmm. a cohesive tribe to me, but I think I just kind of made that a tribe. So, right. You know, I don't know if that counts, but I mean, listen, people, this is where it goes. I recently just stuck uh, Abishan in there. As a matter of fact, nice. I'm like, what am I doing? I don't have Abishan, Cephalid Emperor in there. He's got tentacles. What the shit? Yeah. He's a kind of an octopus. I don't. Are Cephalids octopus? Octopi? Cephalids are, yeah, like octopus or squid adjacent. Something, right? I mean, they're in the same family, right? Oh, they're, yeah. They're certainly. somewhere. So, anyway. Ladies and gents, if you have favorite commanders not just for these categories but any categories i don't know give us some new categories who knows yeah absolutely uh, yeah let us know man um uh, i love me i love talking about some derpy old commanders i'm talking about glass cannon commanders i think that's fun i think the yolo commander is a fun way to play right yes. like i don't know that i'm necessarily gonna win this game but i'm gonna have fun trying and dying so the, the only downside to that is like usually halfway through the game if if like if I haven't won, then I'm like, well, this isn't gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you just gotta disconnect at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that then you change it up, and next time you do something else, right? Yeah. So. 
with that, ladies and gents, uh, we are going to mosey on through a last dumb interstitial of the day. Go to an outro. Get on out of here. Interstitial, the last. Yes. Adam, I feel like you're trying to throw a gauntlet down here. Oh, yeah? I, you're coming in hot with this. So explain yourself. All right. So I, I wrote, is Korean barbecue a scam? Now, you got to bear with me for a second. Okay. So. Shot. I'm like being slapped with your words. Right. So like, okay. Korean barbecue the the meat like let's let's talk like bulgogi or, or yep. whatever marinated deliciousness mm-hmm. they have delicious the thing right delicious um as a matter of fact i'm doing it next week with some friends mm-hmm. yeah um is very good so good it is um here's where it could be a scam okay and this is and, and this is somewhere between self-control and not like mm. there's so many bonchon that come with it okay in such volume while you wait for new plates of meat to come mm-hmm. and they're all delicious. Yes. When you pay the one price, you're really not getting the meat worth. Okay. You say right? that like, oh, oh, okay. So you're talking about the actual restaurant built around the Korean barbecue, not Korean barbecue. Oh, not the food the type. Food. No, the well, food see, type is fine. This is what we have to hash out on this cast. This is what we right. exist for. So we're not. Oh, no, I mean, this is the like the core of the problem. Yeah, we, hmm. we, we can't. This we, is the service we, we, we provide get, we to people. Get, yeah, we don't get yeah. surface level with this stuff. We gotcha. Gotta... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure. If you were talking about the food, I think we have to end on four ninety nine. I don't know that I would have, <laughs> I'd be able to come back because Korean barbecue is one of the tastiest things I think I've ever put in my mouth. Right, um, sure. Yeah, my uh, one of my best friends is is Korean, and I remember his his grandmother used to make this homemade bulgogi, and he every once you every once in a while when he got like you know the package from his family, you know, in the service, he would share some yeah. with me, and I'm like, oh my god, and then you know he would share the the homemade kimchi because the food is just so good, man. Mm. But again, like you get packages from grandma, it's gonna be good anyway, right? You know, sure. Like anytime I would get that was super special. And then you know, it's hard to find good Korean barbecue up here. I mean, Bonchan, the um, the fast oh, food the version, yeah, yeah, I know, what you're is fine, about. right? If I need a fix, if I like really need it, but it's kind of hard to find. I haven't found good Korean barbecue up by me. I have to go down where my buddy lives down in D.C. to find like really good stuff, um, right? Because we don't have, like, Koreatown or anything up here, you know? So it's, it's hard. Um, but, God, man, that stuff tastes so good. All right, so I'm glad at least we're just talking about the restaurants. So the method that you have an issue with is all the appetizers that fill you up before you get the food. Right. Okay. And they're still there, like, you know, because you want, like, another bite of kimchi, like, after you have a whole bunch How of How can you not? Like, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just I think that you don't get – I think they're charging based on if you just ate straight meat, mm-hmm. but you're not eating just straight meat. No. Right? So. Mm, okay. Now I see the root of the problem here. So Right. Mm. No, the actual food itself. I mean, yeah. I mean, some bulgogi, like, assuming that, assuming that people who go to these restaurants know how to cook their own meat. Mm-hmm. 
right? Because, uh, you know, you have to make that assumption. Well, it's, I mean, not everyone's a good barbecue cook, right? Right. So it's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not that tough. Right? Well, I'm just saying I've, I've been to plenty, uh, not plenty. I've been to a few cookouts where there have been barbecue disasters. So, sure. Well, okay. I mean, one thing that I have learned from living down here is that up north, people do not know how to barbecue. People do not. No, no. The, the South has us licked on this. The South, yeah, even oh, the yeah. West. Like in, a, like, like in a very thorough way. Like, Oh, yeah. Like, it's not even, I'm, I mean, there's it would, zero contest. And, it would and, like, be like, I say that, like, knowing that I grew up thinking that barbecue meant that somebody was putting barbecue sauce on chicken thighs <laughs> and putting them on a, on a grill. Yeah. It would be like, in with all love, putting any high school, like Connecticut high school football team against like a Texas high school football team. Like, right, right, you, exactly. You, you, like, you wouldn't even want to watch that game, right? You're well, just like, oh, they're God. just different games. They are. They're, they're, they're playing with different, they're just different. So, right. Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, I, there are other restaurants where they fill you up with a small crap when you're not really there for, I'm trying to think of one right now though. Mm. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, there was a, it was like a Brazilian meat joint up here. Like oh a Brazilian yeah. yeah, yeah. The, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Where like they come and it's almost like the dim song. Like they come to the table with the food. And they, yes, and they they yeah, do like fogo de chow or or whatever. Exactly, like, yeah, and, and they definitely come through with all of the appetizers first because they know like they leave the expensive stuff to the end. Like I get it, I, I, but you don't have to take the appetizers. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. I'm just waiting for the I'm just waiting for the good stuff. Now the know. secret to those mm. I have found uh, is that you can do you you can do those and. You can just tell them what you want. Oh, okay. So, like, if yeah, if you if you've not done it before, like, you literally just say like, "Oh, yeah, I'm waiting on like the short ribs or whatever it is," and mm. they'll go tell a guy <laughs> the next time the short ribs come out, go to that table. Oh, I did. Maybe that didn't even occur to me when I was doing yeah. it. Again, I, yeah. I've only been to. I think there's a one up by us, or there was one up. I had to close because the pandemic stuff. Um, yeah, I only sure. went to two or three times. It was weird. It was like a, I don't know. Maybe this is me. I got the I got some weird vibes at that place because like it was Kentucky Derby time at that restaurant, and I'm like, mm, oh, this is this is, is not weird. my crowd. I'm like, mm, yeah, sorry. So, <laughs> sorry, Kentucky Derby fans out there. I don't know. I can't imagine you're listening to Commander Cast, but whatever. Well, ladies and gents. I know again, I don't know if we solved anything, but at least we have very narrowly defined the problem. So, yes. Um this is the this is the service we provide. Um if you have thoughts about Korean barbecue and how delicious it is and how I swear to god I'm looking at an Uber Eats Korean barbecue place right now that I'm gonna order from right after I finish recording this place now. <laughs> which is called Angry Tofu, which is a yeah. that's a great name. So anyway, thank you, sir, for inspiring my lunch today. Yeah, no problem. Outro. Well, ladies and gents, we have come to the end of another episode. We have outroed our way into the sunset, walking over the peaks. Adam, if people want to, I don't know, get at you for your your horrible um, taste in Sand Warriors... Just because you want, <laughs> just because you want some colored mana symbols on that. I mean, they're already gold. Like, what else do you want? They're thematically right. linked. You know, uh, where can they hit you up? Uh, yeah, you can hit me up uh, on Twitter at Squire nine 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 nine. 
And you can blast out the whole cast, CommanderCast at gmail.com or on the Twitters at CommanderCast. Be sure to check out our CommanderCast Facebook page. And a big thanks to everyone here at the CommanderCast Network. We'll see you next week with more community strategy and technology. So until then, let's get it. Let's get it.